I don't know about you guys too, but it feels like such a relief after the vote went through, um, even though I think we were all pretty sure that it was just going to go through anyways. But moving forward and being able to like negotiate these things and like Nico said, job security, we have like with our union, we have this now and it feels amazing to have job security for like the first time in four years. On December 7, 2022, the 33 baristas of La Prima United won their union election 22 votes to 8. The baristas are employees of La Prima Espresso Company, a Pittsburgh-based coffee roaster with four retail locations, including cafes in Gates and Wien Halls. With this vote, which capped off over 10 months of organizing, La Prima baristas will now be represented by Local 1776 of the United Food and Commercial Workers. In this episode, I sat down with three of the newly unionized baristas, Kit, Jamie, and Nico, to discuss the union drive, their recent victory, and what comes next for the union. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all so much for being here today. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to speak with each one of you guys. I thought maybe we could start by just going around and doing some introduction, just kind of give us some background on yourselves and, and your time at La Prima. Sure. Um, I'm Nico. Um, yeah, and I've been working at La Prima at the CMU locations um, for over a year now and I am 29. I'm Jamie. I've been working at La Prima on and off for about four years at the CMU location, um, and I am 23. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, I'm Kit, and my pronouns are they, them. I am 31 years old, and I have been working at La Prima for about two years. Awesome, and are you guys all baristas at La Prima then? Yeah. Okay, very cool. And so maybe we could just start by talking about how the unionization effort came about. Honestly, like, I think it was Kit and I kind of started talking about this. You know, I, I hadn't even got started working there. And Kit was like, you know, uh, just for some context, Kit and I are partners. Um, and Kit would share like work stories, you know, when they would get home from work about like some of the conditions of the strip district. Um, and we would just kind of like joke about like, oh, I think this place needs a union. <laughs> and the more, and then like the closer, like, um, you know, eventually I ended up started working there and, you know, eventually like those conversations kind of became more and more serious and like less like a joke because, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know, Kit, do you want to kind of actually share your experiences? I think that would be better. Yes, I would love to. Yeah. So. I have been at La Prima only just a year longer than Nico. Out of all of us, Jamie has been the longest standing, amazing barista at La Prima. Yeah. But um, for a year leading up to uh, Nico getting hired, I was bouncing around a lot because in 2021, some of the locations um, of La Prima were closed. So to fill in the gaps of my hours and to keep me employed, I went from location to location. So from the strip district to the AC hotel and to the roaster where I painted anything from painting the offices of the managers because they hadn't been done in years to sweeping up coffee bean dust to 
um, bagging beans, and then still being a barista with the company. And during this time, I saw a lot of insight into the company and what needed changed, which we can talk about that. But as soon as Nico, you know, got a job, one of the first things I said was, we better unionize because both of us are very passionate people. We are um, activists and organizers in our community. We care about peace and justice as well as labor and anti-racism and these things uh, intertwine. So it seemed right that, you know, we had seen these conditions, what they were like, heard from our other coworkers that they were experiencing similar conditions. And it was like serendipity because we went to the Coffee Tree Roasters community meeting right before they went public and we met an organizer. So that's kind of was the spark was, you know, we knew that we had each other's backs and it was kind of going from there, picking out the next few people. Jamie was one of them. Yeah, I um, personally was, I left La Prima for a little while between about last January and the start of fall semester this year, um, which was really when everybody started talking about it. Um, in that time frame, so I had no idea coming back this fall that this was something that was going on, but um, it was something that I definitely like after I talked to Nico more and more um, about some of the things I had experienced like over the years. It was definitely something that I was really um, interested in helping out uh, this effort to unionize. And in those kind of early days of organizing, how did it go approaching your fellow coworkers and kind of what was the response? Honestly, I mean, everybody was was like extremely receptive to it. I think there were a couple of people, you know, like along the way that, you know, at times were like, you know, expressed like some semblance of like fear of retaliation from the company. But in general, like, you know, I think like as a matter of principle, like, you know, our coworkers shared like a, a general belief that like unions are good. <laughs> um, and more of more or less, it was like a question of like, is it a good time to do it here at La Prima and doesn't make sense to do it. But, it, you know, I mean, I think in general, yeah, like it was it was a, a very like um, positive response from our coworkers about uh, unionizing. I think for me personally, um, when Nico first like approached me about it, um, I was definitely one of the people that was very hesitant about retaliation from the company, just from seeing how like a lot of individuals had been treated over the years. You know, it, it took me like, I think a hour long phone call with Nico one night, we were just chatting about it. It, it really was like a fear of like, what might happen, you know, if I am outspoken about this, like, am I about to lose my job that I just came back to? Um, but I think most of the coworkers that I personally talked to um, about it were very, very receptive and very much saw the need for it, especially I think at the CMU locations, a lot of us are very like-minded. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. My experience interacting with our coworkers about a union started in January or February of 2022. Um, and some of the challenge was that every time the semester would have a break, you know what I mean? You go from spring to summer to summer to fall semester and you have um, 
times the campus isn't open, you know, I would see a lot of my coworkers come and go and some of them would not come back after the break. That may have been for various reasons. We've had our, our speculations, um, but that was also a reason why some of our coworkers were very on board. It wasn't, it's, it wasn't just about wages. It wasn't just about benefits, which we don't have sick pay or healthcare. It was about discrimination and also favoritism and people losing their jobs and finding security together. And so as you guys started to recognize these issues that you saw at the workplace, how did you start to bring in your other coworkers into this, this fight for a union? I was actually brought in. Um, like I was not in the original conversation. I wasn't working at the Prima at the time, but it was a lot of, I feel like, at least from my perspective, like reaching out to like a handful of people and then those people reaching out to more people and like kind of like just spiraling off of that. Um, it was a lot of out of work um, talks about it. Yeah, definitely a lot of like, you know, personal like sort of one-on-one -on -one conversations with one another, a lot of times out of work, you know, but sometimes at work too. I mean, if, if it was just like a few of us and like we knew we were kind of cool you know I mean like like one of my 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 co-workers like I met early on was like playing like old labor folk songs at work and I was like okay this is somebody I can talk to about unions so <laughs> so it was like you know like pretty easy to feel out like certain um people you know and like kind of see where their sympathies lie but you know yeah I, I, like kind of what Jamie said like you start having like those one-on-one -on -one conversations and then like sort of those conversations like just sort of like blossom out and because also like the company makes it easy right like you know, it's not like anything we're saying is untrue, you know, <laughs> so if it would be a lot harder if we were lying and trying to be deceptive because we would, you know, it would be counter to the facts of what was going on. I think a lot of it, too, is setting up meetings, um, not only with our coworkers, but with um, like union representatives. And, you know, we would have like either chatting through um, a group chat or one-on-one -on -one with them, or sometimes we would have like meetings set up. And um, it was a lot of getting reassurance from union representatives along with other coworkers as well. And as you guys built this momentum with your coworkers and with the union representatives, how did some of the other unionization efforts in specifically coffee, thinking about coffee tree roasters, also Starbucks, but kind of, uh, at large as well, we've seen stuff at Amazon and, and other places like that. How, if at all, did that impact your guys' approach to, to your fight? I would say major impact. <laughs> I mean, like Kit mentioned, like, you know, we, we did end up connecting with some coffee tree roasters, um, workers just before they went public. Um, you know, they had like a little community support uh, meeting. Um, so we got to meet some of those uh workers and like you know by and large we heard like a lot of like common issues that you know we felt like we could unite around at La Prima um and then we kind of got in contact with the UFC organizers uh from there so obviously like you know that kind of had like um a networking effect just because you know like there's one barista you know coffee place organizing and then you know um we were able to sort of make those connections 
but also like just because of coffee tree and also like starbucks and amazon even like being just like so in the news cycle you know it wasn't like weird to kind of have these conversations like, like it was it was just very topical half the time to like just bring up with one another like hey did you see like the bloomfield starbucks <laughs> you know it's not very, it's only you know not far at all and they're like you know they're having a picket or a demonstration or um they just unionized like what do you think about that so it was honestly a, a tremendous help um to our like um local organizing effort um to see all that going on it didn't feel like some sort of like isolated weird thing we were doing it felt like we were a part of a movement yeah and i would add that the time and energy that we spent relationship building with our coworkers, we spent just as much time doing with community members and our fellow baristas and workers in the coffee industry. So like Nika said, it was super helpful and topical when these other coffee shops, mainly Starbucks, unite, you know, were uniting and unionizing because we could just be like, oh, hey, did you see in the news? And it was a way to talk about it. And eventually, you know, seeing that solidarity in our industry, we're sometimes going to rallies or like different events and vice versa, where we've had coffee tree roasters workers and Starbucks workers support us when we filed our petition with the company to recognize our union. And also when we've had community support needs like rallies and going into reassure our coworkers at different locations when they order their coffee that they believe in unions. So these direct contacts that we've built and that strength in, in the workplace industry, I think. Yeah, it's awesome. And along the lines of community building, how has the CMU community, if at all, impacted your guys' fight? Well, um, I know that like we did for sure get a lot of support from students. You know, there were um, students that would come through and order like Union Strong Coffee whenever we kind of put that out there, um, which was, you know, uh, and I still encourage folks to do this because it is a morale boost and it, you know, lets us know that people care. But even still, I mean, it, there was like some, some moments where that was like extremely timely, like our boss would come in and try to be like intimidating and, and like watch us work and stuff. and. <laughs> and then we did like a, a row of, of, of like union strong coffees that we would have to like basically yell out right in front of his face. So um, so that that kind of support from the students was was, you know, really uh, endearing and encouraging. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is challenges with it. I mean, I think like kind of organizing on the campus, we like feel somewhat isolated from like the other two La Prima locations that are more public facing, which also sort of have different workplace cultures and like, like just procedurally, like kind of what they do, like the ordering union strong coffee only really works at the CMU locations because they don't take drink names at the other locations because they usually do like traditional like ceramic mugs or whatever, not to discourage anybody from trying, <laughs> but, but you know, it was just sort of like, you know, so that's like one challenge is like, we kind of have this like insular, like student bubble. Um, but it was also like very helpful to have that like student support. I think part of like working at CMU, um, like it is like Nico said, like very far kind of separated from um, the other two locations and our roastery as well. 
um, which mm. is where a lot of upper management spends their time at. And being on campus and organizing, it's we were surrounded by people who we felt like really also saw that we um, were like unionizing and wanted to support us versus I feel like that necessarily wasn't as seen in other locations as well. Um, but we did have like lots of people coming up to us, not just students, but also like faculty as well, um, asking like how they could come support us and, you know, like cheering us on the way. Like we delivered our um, petition to unionize actually at the CMU Gates location, um, which was amazing. We had uh, CMU students, we had like people from other unions in the area, like all come and just like stand there with signs and banners for like support as we were um, delivering this petition, which was very wonderful to have. And that definitely required a great degree of coordination because it's like, you know, you're, you're, I mean, with the students, it was like easy, like to be like, Hey, just meet us at the walking to the sky statue. But um, for like some of the like union folks that like have never been to CMU's campus, they're like, wait, I have to go to Gates Hall. Where is that? But um, so I guess that's like sort of one of the challenges, but also like you know, easily overcome with, with organizing and having those meetings that <laughs> you talked about earlier. And you've all to some extent mentioned management in your guys' answers so far. I'd love to know what uh, management's response was to your guys' organization efforts and how you may have combated some of the hostilities that came from them. Yeah, so when we originally delivered the petition, um, it was Kit, Nico, me and Mike, um, another one of our coworkers. And, you know, we, we were like, hey, this is what we'd like to do. Um, we'd really like for you to recognize our union. Um, and we kind of left the dialogue open for management to ask questions. You know, we didn't outright state why, like the reasons why we wanted to unionize. And this was uh, to the owner and another member of upper management as well. And um, instead of asking questions, you know, asking, you know, why we'd like to unionize, um, really kind of hearing us out, uh, they just pretty much said, that's that, and left campus. Well, they did want to, they did ask one question, which was, how many of you are, are involved in this, basically? <laughs> you know, they, they were definitely trying to identify who, like, because we, we, you know, with our petition, we, we announced there is a majority of us who support this that was in the language of the petition you know and they they immediately contested that they were like oh you mean like the majority of people at cmu and we were like no no like the company like <laughs> so that was one question they had for us i would say the response was varying too across like mm -hmm. management we have shift supervisors which are baristas but they have responsibilities that include paperwork, no hiring or firing. So they can be included in our union and our bargaining unit. As far as upper management though, that Jamie and Nico have mainly been referring to, our operations manager and the owner. Yes, so they did not remember our names, even though Jamie has worked there off and on for four years. And I worked closely with the owner at one point at the strip district for months. Um, he really just has trouble remembering us, uh, but I don't think he'll forget us now. Yeah, he's constantly getting get confused with other folks at, at Librima. It's it's pretty wild. So I mean, I think like by and large, the response was like 
And they definitely tried to play like we're the cool bosses and you don't really want to do this. Um, you know, we're, you know, a small like business, which isn't true, <laughs> but, but um, they, uh, you know, in, 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 in a way tried to guilt folks into kind of feeling bad for them. Um, that was one, one tactic they tried. Um, we would get like these weekly emails. Um, once we announced like and delivered our petition, uh, we would get these emails like once a week. I mean, they were honestly kind of comical, but <laughs> they, they would just, they wouldn't even say much more other than like vote no. I mean, they didn't really like give much more context as to why, or sometimes if they did, it was like really kind of fear mongery and obvious that, you know, what they were trying to do, which I think in a way kind of helped us out. So that was, that was one response they took. I mean, it was kind of just shameful that they like didn't hear us out about why we wanted to unionize in the first place. And then they went the real extra mile and hired an anti-union law firm, you know, and it's like a pretty renowned anti-union law firm has like worked to like bust up Starbucks is like across the country. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, they kind of out of themselves as like anti-worker, which kind of, you know, is hypocritical because I think La Prima tries to posit themselves as like a progressive company. I mean, they are like, oh, we have like fair trade beans and like organic roasts and then all this stuff. But I guess whenever it comes to their workers, they're like, eh, we'll just hire this anti-union law firm to try and squash it. However, they didn't try very hard because I guess, you know, what we got was weekly emails and very awkward visits from our boss. He would just kind of stand around and watch us work and then ask us questions that were pretty revealing about how little he actually knew about what was going on at his own company and who even worked for him. Yeah, I mean, to what Nico said about playing the guilt or like the pity card on some of our coworkers, um, like, oh, this is gonna cost me so much money and oh, you know, I wish you would have talked to me before. We have an anti-union bingo card. All of these are on there. <laughs> and you know, if that were the case, one, he wouldn't have hired an expensive law firm, but two, he opened a brand new store in Gates Hall in 2021, like at the height of when other businesses were closing and really struggling. You know, that shows me that he didn't really have to worry about money that much. And all of these union busting tactics, like these letters and like these emails, they always managed to avoid mentioning anything about healthcare, anything about sick pay that we really needed um, among our workforce. But yeah, I guess one hour PTO for <laughs> however long you work for an entire week is enough, I guess, during a pandemic. And so it seems like uh, management's attempts to kind of dissuade you guys or poke holes in your guys' efforts kind of actually energized you guys. Was that the case with the rest of your coworkers as well? I think at least at the CMU locations, it was very much that. We were all kind of like, we would read back parts of like the letters to each other and just kind of laugh about it and stuff. But I do think um, these letters had more of an impact at like people at other locations because they were so much closer to you know the owner and all of the higher ups in the company um so i think it really kind of sh not like shook but like some people faltered for like a second but came right back on after we all like sat down and talked together some more 
Um, I do think though that um, the letters actually opened up dialogue with some of the coworkers that we hadn't been able to really talk too much um, before we went public about everything. After these letters came out, you know, we did have some people from other locations who had either before expressed that they did not want a union or that they weren't sure about it. They did reach out to us to want to discuss um, some of these things more as well. I, I, I definitely agree that it like in some ways helped, you know, encourage like our some of our coworkers who weren't necessarily like involved like right away. Because I think like one, I mean, I think like kind of what it did was show that we were organizing and we were working really hard for like our goal. Um, and the company was kind of, I mean, just treating this like, you know, standard business. Like they were just like, well, if we just buy this law firm, they'll just, you know, I'll get what I want, right? Like I'll just pay money and then I'll get the result I want. Whereas like, you know, us workers, like we're literally like working for, you know, like our shared ambition. Um, so I think like our coworkers were able to see that, um, that difference and like see that we were, you know, doing this for one another. And like the company was like literally doing the exact opposite at any cost without even really hearing us out. One of the main tactics that was different and used on the strip district and AC hotel locations rather than CMU was they did send a, uh, like an I-9 of the employees of USCW, which is our, our union, United Food and Commercial Workers to make it seem more like they were a third party and that Sam, you know, the owner was the best person to talk to about like negotiating for what they wanted in their workplace, you know, the owner himself. But, you know, when we discuss with people, we are the union, you know, the people, the workers, we are the union, not a third party. They definitely were less likely to falter as long as they like understood that the representation would be ourselves as a collective, not just, you know, at the beck and call of some person who happens to own a company. Awesome. I think that really provides an like a really helpful background into what you guys have been working on, kind of the, the circumstances that you were all facing that led you to pursue the union. And looking now maybe a little bit into the future, what comes next for you guys now that you have successfully voted to unionize? Now we negotiate. We're gonna start, um, you know, our, our next step now is like, we're gonna start discussing like what a, a survey would look like to like, you know, uh, go over with our coworkers and like really gauge like what everybody is interested in, which, you know, we've been doing along like, you know, along the way in conversations with one another and like hearing each other out. But this will like really formalize like and put on paper, like what everybody's, you know, um, is really passionate about and like what they want to see like happen with a union and come out of a contract and then you know we'll go into like drafting our first uh you know proposal and now on top of that we have a union so <laughs> we have we already have like some of the given rights that you know come with like having a union um you know we have wine garden rights which protects us you know legally like we can have um we have job security i mean there's things that just they can't do without, you know, going through the union first now, um, even though we don't have this contract yet. But um, that'll be the next like big step and big hurdle for us is negotiating with this contract. 
I don't know about you guys too, but like, it feels like such a relief, like after the vote, like went through, um, even though I think we were all pretty, pretty sure that it was just gonna go through anyways. Um, but moving forward and being able to like negotiate these things and like Nico said, job security, we have like with our union, we have this now and it's amazing to get to like be able to discuss these things um, and really like negotiate with um, owners and stuff and it not feeling like, uh, oh, I better not complain too much because then they'll start to get antsy and you know. Um, it feels amazing to have job security for like the first time in four years, you know, I think we're all feeling a little bit of relief and comfortability moving forward with this process of negotiations and everything. Here, here, yes. Watching everybody line up outside of that door and then one by one go in and come back out and then get that vote count that 22, yes, we won was such a relief. I feel that going into bargaining because we have so many people that voted yes, we will have a stronger foothold um, in negotiations. So I'm really hoping that helps us to get a really great healthcare package, um, not with super high premiums, you know, because unfortunately we don't have Medicare for all in this country. Um, and definitely better PTO and sick pay, um, equitable pill pay across the company because there is a $5 difference at least between CMU, this is an hour, $5 an hour at least between you know, our locations on campus versus the ones that are off campus. Um, and also among other things like non-discrimination policies that are taken seriously. Kit, you actually kind of got into my next question there, which is, I know you guys are still kind of developing those demands that you're going to take into negotiations with you, but what are some of the things that you guys feel really strongly about? I think for me personally, um, the non-discrimination policies, because in the past, there's definitely been favoritism in the ways that some people seem to get away with everything and other people, you know, are fired over very small things. Um, so I think for me personally, the non-discrimination and protection of like, uh, all the minorities and other individuals at La Prima is really, really important to me personally. And the main reason that I personally wanted to unionize. Job security was definitely a major factor for me. Like, you know, especially having gone through the, I mean, we're still living through the pandemic, but, um, the early like lockdown like stages of the pandemic where like just having a job was like um I mean it's definitely not a guarantee in an at-will state like Pennsylvania but um you know I like definitely had a lot of job insecurity at that moment um so that was like very like important to me about like you know part of like why I wanted to unionize but as far as like what I'm looking at um for the contract um beyond that I mean healthcare definitely an essential human right that we all should have. And with that, I mean, like currently the company sort of sets a standard of like, you have to be considered a full-time employee to even qualify. And like they set the qualifier at like 36 hours a week and hardly anybody like actually gets scheduled 36 hours a week. 
Um, so I'm definitely like looking to sort of negotiate what those standards are and like how to get people qualified for healthcare. Um, and also like negotiating what that healthcare package looks like, because, you know, I mean, it's one thing to say you offer healthcare, but like, is this the healthcare package that the workers, you know, want? Because this is our healthcare, right? So like, why would the company, you know, just the company just picking something out of a bucket, like some low tier plan. Um, and then, you know, offering that to us is not exactly ideal. So there should be some decision, you know, or I think that we should be a part of the decision-making process. And like, as Kit said, like, you know, negotiating um, for equity and pay across the different locations. Um, yeah, we make like far more in wages at the CMU locations than we do at the other public facing retail locations. However, they tend to get more cash tips than us, I guess. I mean, we don't get like cash tips, like hardly at all. <laughs> so that's something we're looking at. And in general, I think like just sort of for me, the stuff that like affects workers on a like day to day level. Um, you know, our hours and like our schedules, that's the kind of thing that I think we should have a little bit more to say in. Um, and there should be like some some language in, in whatever our contract is. Awesome. Well, thank you guys all for sharing that. That's definitely, I think, really exciting demands, but also things that are clearly really essential for any workplace. And I think it's great to see workers fighting for stuff like that. And so with your guys' experience now in going through the process of unionizing, what would you recommend to a worker interested in taking on this process like you guys did? I think for me, it would be to not be afraid to talk with your coworkers about this stuff. Um, and to really like the stronger your work community is, the better off your effort is going to be. Um, we really are like a wonderfully, like I feel like close group of people. Um, and I'm not sure what this effort would have looked like if, you know, we aren't, we weren't as close as we are. Um, so it's really trust in your coworkers, kind of lean on them when you need to. And uh, we are stronger as a group than we are as individuals. I definitely agree with that. We're really fortunate to have that really close-knit relationship at La Prima. So, I mean, you know, building connections with your coworkers and like building confidence in one another, that would be some of my advice. You don't have to immediately say the word union right away, you know, but definitely don't, don't be afraid of it. And also don't be so quick. You know, something I hear sometimes is like, you know, like I've talked to people who are like, oh, maybe, you know, I would like to have a union in my workplace, but I just don't think my my coworkers care enough. I get like, I would just say like, destroy that thought in your head. You know, like I, I wouldn't assume anything about your coworkers until you have like a direct conversation with them about it. Because, I mean, you, it might surprise you, like even from from folks that are like different ends of the political spectrum than you, you know, like just don't, you, you just have no idea until you have that conversation. Because I think as workers, like, you know, that's that's something we have a common bond over um, is like protecting our own interest. And that that sort of penetrates like the sort of traditional, you know, two party uh, politics that like we all are told, you know, that's like, you know, what exists out there is Republican and Democrat. It Like, you know, unions are kind of beyond those two things. Yeah, my parting thoughts and or advice to anybody that is thinking about unionizing would be to do the research, check into local unions, talk to people who are in the locals, ask them what it's like to be in a union. How did they go about the process if they formed the union? Find out what a union means. 
and what it can do for you. And take notes. Oh, I have learned through this process. I should have taken more notes even. And then like Jamie said, and Nico said, they both talked about communication. I almost wish I would have been bolder and definitely never judge a book by its cover, you know, judge somebody with a knee jerk reaction because they might surprise you. And some of them have become, you know, the most strong union supporters that will fight back for their coworkers. And with that, it really takes a lot of hard work. So working through these issues, building relationships, I would also tell them to stick with it. Ask for help too, if you lack in stamina and, and lack that endurance. Because like, ultimately, you know, you're unionizing for a reason for yourself or for others, but ultimately it's a collective process. So you're going to be doing it all together. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Kit. Like definitely don't lose sight of the end goal. Like there will be challenges and bumps along the way. Like don't get discouraged. At least don't get discouraged for very long. It's okay to feel that, but you know, like don't, don't lose sight of like what you're fighting for. Um, and, and, you know, don't, like give up the moment like things get hard because there will be moments that are hard you know but just realize like you have your coworkers to like fall back on like talk things out with them talk if you're already talking to like you know a union organizer talk things out with them because you will be able to work it out as long as as long as you want you know as long as you keep victory on the mind and and stay persistent and consistent like you will see victory at the end of it well, thank you guys for those answers and just for everything today. It was really great to hear both about the things that you guys did to get to this point, but also the lessons that you guys took away from it. I think it, it'll be interesting for people to to hear that background, but also think about this in the context of the labor movement, generally speaking. So thank you all very much for that and for the time today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Protesters and Plaid podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please like, share, and subscribe. To keep up with future episodes, you can also find the podcast on Instagram at Protesters in Plaid. Until next time, take care.